from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report. I'm Fender Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by Tom Campbell and his pussy. Einstein and Tom say hello. And of course, the legendary James St. James. James, you had a single shot. Single shot. Yes, I got my shingle shot. And you know what? Shingles doesn't care. Uh, I am in a lot of pain. I I am achy. I had shivers. I had chills last night. I had sweats. I am like, my, I can't raise my arm. But you know what? Shingles doesn't care. Shingles doesn't care. But James, I care because last year I had my second, second shingle shot. Yeah. I was in my doctor's like, oh, by the way, why don't I just get you your second shot? I'm like, sure. I went to work all day. And by the time I drove home, I was trapped in my garage having like fever and chills. And I yes. couldn't move. Yes. Literally, I I was shivering. I woke up at two in the morning and I had to get a hot bath. And then that made me nauseous. And then I was like sweating and then I had the shivers again. Now, wait. Terrible. Worse You're... than any of the booster shots, the COVID. Absolutely. Booster. Absolutely. Yeah. When you say second shot, so it is like a COVID shot. You have to get a booster or a second yeah. shot? Well, no, no, no. You get it's in two, it's in two doses. You get one and then six months later you get the second half. I've been missing out. When are you supposed to get this? Uh anytime after 50, baby. And I think you are due. Well, it's funny. I, I maybe we have to cut this out. It's maybe it's too personal, but I had a spot on my bottom um, a few a, a few what years ago. Mean? What kind of spot? Oh, I I thought it was a spider bite or just a sort of a bite gone wrong. You oh know. my god, it's monkeypox. The nurse said it's shingles, and Uh-oh. but it actually wasn't. Oh, so, shingles is no joke, boy. You do right? not want to get shingles. It is painful. Right, right. Okay, well, everybody get your shingles shot if you're <laughs> over 50. Um, and what are we doing? We are counting down the top 10 things of the week, apart from James's shingle shot. It's a bit of a tongue shingle shot. Shingle shot. Sure, shingle, shot, yes. shingle, shot shingle shot. That made us go, wow, or, or ow. Uh, Tom, why don't you kick it off number 10? Number 10. Now, for those of you watching on YouTube, Einstein, my cat, is here just for a second because I want to talk about my, some of my favorite things. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, and, and what I watched this past week. Uh, can two- I just say, with that, Einstein is thrown aside. Yes. <laughs> he didn't want to be here the whole time. Um, uh, I watched the Julie Andrews AFI uh, tribute. It's, uh, it's available on, um, uh, on demand. You know, I still have cable. I don't know why, but I sometimes I, I get bored and I go just on demand and see what's happening on demand. And can I tell you, I thought like, well, you know, she, for, Julie Andrews is 86 years old. You know, her, you know, she's had an incredible career. Don't we know enough about it? Haven't we seen enough? No, we haven't. No, 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 no. no. I am with you on this one, Tom. Very quickly, what is your all-time favorite performance? And then I'm going to tell you mine, and then Fenton's going to tell you his. I'm going to have to say, just because it was so formative. In my life, it was the sound of music. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's so many other performances I can also say as an adult changed my world. What's yours, James? Cinderella. Without a, oh, I love yes. that Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella soundtrack. That is one of my favorite. At my funeral, I want you to play the gavotte. I want. I want. So, <laughs> so it is one of my favorite. I can gush on about it. I can gas on for hours about Cinderella. Fenton, do you have a favorite I, Julie I'm Andrews? I'm going to chime in with you at the Sound of Music. I mean, she just was that movie, right? You know what? Mary Poppins, she's a bitch. Mary Poppins is a horrible woman. She was a model. <laughs> she was a model, inspirational model for the time. That was that was ideal parenting in those days. Exactly. Yes, it Look doesn't hold up, turned out. A little what bit of discipline. Diaries. Is, is Elliot into the Princess Diaries yet? Nope. No, he wants to be a There's SOB. There's um uh uh there's she there's... shows her boobies. What? She shows her boobies in SOB. Yes, exactly. There was uh, Victor Victoria, which is a tremendous done with her husband, Blake Edwards. She also does a shout out to her first husband, Tony Walton, who she said was very responsible for the costuming and the set design of Mary Poppins, which made her a star and won her uh, an Academy Award. So she just seems like the most gracious, lovely person. But wasn't it? Didn't she get her start? Was it My Fair Lady or was it Camp? Was it My Fair Lady that she was on Broadway and they wouldn't let her do the movie? 
my fair lady, but she's she's from England, believe it or not. And she uh, was like, I think like her father was in vaudeville or something. And like she was just trucking around and like at 12 years old, like around World War II or just after, they realized quite by accident she had this freakish like six octave voice. So they started bringing her out on stage and she became a sensation. And so she was a big child star in the UK and she came over to make it as a young adult. I don't know if she was 18 or 19 or something like that. And she tells the story. The best thing about this AFI special, by the way, it's, it has the dinner tables and everyone's there, but it are the documentary interviews with, with uh, no one explains her story better than her. And she talks about the time that she had an audition with Richards Rogers when she first came to Broadway. And she know what a bright star she was, what a beautiful voice and uncapable. And he said, have you, have you been, my dear, have you been, you know, doing any other auditions? And she goes, well, I have sang for Lerner and Lowe for a, a little play, they're, a musical they're calling My Fair Lady. And Richard Rogers said to her, my dear, if they ask you to do that play, you need to do it. You know, he was like, I would love you. I think you're fantastic for what we want. But if they ask you, say yes. Which yeah. is a generous, lovely story, right? Um, and, and, that, and then it was Camelot. And then yeah. her first movie was Mary Poppins. And th- when they made uh, My Fair Lady, which was the Hamilton of its time, right? It, it, it was playing forever and ever and ever. It was so clever. Um, they went with a movie star because they yeah. had to put a lot of money. And it was... Uh, Audrey, uh, Audrey Hepburn, who was delightful in it, you know Marnie. But Nixon. she can't sing a lick. For, she has the voice of a of a right. But Marnie Nixon a, did all the all the folk. You know, it was very it was very um you know what was happening back then. And it, um, but she, you've got to feel that it, she was very a little bitter about that. She had to have been. She seems to have gotten over it because <laughs> by the way, that same year, I think she was nominated against Audrey Hepburn. And she won for Mary Poppins. So right. she is one of the sitting, you know, the other thing is when you're 86 years old and your career is largely behind you, a lot of your peers have passed away. Yeah. So the AFI figure, you know, they, a lot of people, uh, uh, Bo Derek was there, um, Jane Seymour. Like the biggest star you can dig up is Bo no, Derek. Bo Derek must be 86 pretty much herself already anyway, right? Yes, but sitting right next to her, as if it were her spouse, because Blake Edwards has passed on, was Carol Burnett. And just seeing the two of them, just the way Julie Andrews, especially, but the way that Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews receive. I remember I loved those great specials that they would do together. Those and they talk about that. Yes. yes. But just seeing Julie, especially in this occasion, but seeing how they warmly take in the applause, the adulation, the, you know, how gracious they are. It's incredible. And then and this may, well, became a viral moment. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but the, surviving actors who played the Von Trapp mm-hmm. children did a spontaneous, they were talking about, because the other thing about the Sound of Music is there are Sound of Music sing-alongs across the world now. You know, so people are, are joining in voice mm-hmm. and sing. There's at the Hollywood Bowl. And so they led a, a Do, Re, Mi, the Trent Von Trapp children. Oh. They went through the crowd and ended up behind her and Carbonette. It was really a corny, touching moment that just jerked at my heart. So if you haven't seen it, it's on demand. I think on TBS, the AFI Carabinet. I would hate to make this all about me, but back in the days in the Pop Tarts, I did a cover version of Do Re Mi, which I think is quite an accomplishment for someone who cannot sing and who practically <laughs> turned out. It was all on Do. It was all on Do. do <laughs> it, was almost, it was all one note, but, you know, <laughs> but the words are very clever. I feel. Do yeah. Re Mi. All right, let's move on to number nine. Number nine. Do you really want me to move on to, do you really want number nine? I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, in, I'm ready for a good whipping. Yeah. Okay. I finally watched Hacks. I watched both seasons and I have some thoughts. Um, okay. Yes. When it sounds- and let's move on to number eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we're gonna spend a good twenty minutes on this because I had I, I this it's driving me crazy. Number one, when it sings, it soars. When it, it when it when it works, it is fantastic, and it's like nothing else on television. The Gene Smart character, the Hannah Einsteiner character, whatever, fantastic. Not what I was expecting at all, but I love them, and I think Gene Smart is just genius in it. She's so good. Um, uh, I think there are some clunky bits. Some of the writing, some of the pacing is a little weird 
for me. There, You get into some weird areas that I don't know that we need to go into. My biggest problem is with the secondary and third tier characters of the um the wacky the wacky assistant personal assistant and the the CEO who has this weird life of these ex boyfriends and the mother and the grandmother and the, the the friends that he's partying with now and I've never taken a screenwriting course so I'm muddling through this on my own <laughs> but I want you to to follow me here because this but you is are best selling Arthur James you know how to okay. weave the tale. Okay, so you have A and B, the main characters, okay? Then you have C, D, E, F as the secondary characters. And then you have H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P as the third tertiary, third tier tertiary characters, right? Now, I don't think that you can have whole scenes with C, D, E characters and D, E, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P characters interacting with each other without the A and B characters there to ground them. I don't think that having entire scenes with the mother and the grandmother playing Scrabble by themselves without any other link to Jean, Jean or uh, Hannah, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's like all of a sudden we're just in this weird, like, like Neverland of characters that we don't have any real connection to. So I feel, yeah. One question. Did you watch all of it? Yes, I watched. Oh, yes. From both from- seasons. Both seasons, okay, episode one to the last episode. I and do apologize I, for us hyping it so much, so you went in with a higher expectation, but I no, still no, disagree no, with no, what no, you're like saying. I, said, I, I totally understand the hype. I get it, I get it, I get it. But there are just these scenes with the boys that are doing coke in the bathroom. Like, where does this come from? Where? Did, why is? How is this uh, have anything to do? I heard they got it out of Disco Bloodbath, a book written by James St. James. What? It was a joke. They 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 referenced that they referenced the the, the party monster the book from all the yeah, okay it was, um, it was a joke that really really went over like a, totally yes okay bomb, but do you understand what I'm saying that you need to ground these characters with the a with the a b characters well, yes yes there are times like I said when I, we watched the first two episodes together Fenton and I and then the third episode I thought like oh my god this is off the tracks and occasionally it does go off the tracks but like. By taking those risks, you have created that assistant character that Megan Salter plays, which thrills me to no end that character. And there's maybe one well, episode where here's, where- here's the problem with that character. And the thing is, because it is a great character and it is very funny, but what it is, is it the, the wacky assistant is Bubbles on AbFab. It is Mimi on the Drew Carey show. And you have those characters as third rank characters you they come on to act as a greek chorus a or they come on to sort of like like get get a rise out of the ab characters and so you have them they they're only there to serve the ab characters they aren't there to have their own storylines i guess as much as a traditional archetype i felt like megan salter is playing like a a current gen z person she reminds me of certain ex-employees at World of Wonder, and I won't say who. You understand um, what I'm saying? That like like Bubbles on AbFab or or Mimi on Drew Care, you have this wacky, wacky assistant that is really just there to get a rest and get a rise. On and and, and I, I respect your uh, structural analysis, but it didn't give you the feels? It didn't make you like... It did. No, 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 it did. And I cried or... and I laughed and I love... Like, there are some of those scenes like where she's spreading the ashes and some of the scenes, you know, all of that is really beautiful and when she turns the bus or when she turns the bus around to go get the ashes, all of that works. And it's when it works, it just, it is beautiful. It is and even the lawsuit in the second ep- in the second season, you know, spoiler alert, Gene Smart has a lawsuit against Hannah Heimbutter. Oh, and yes, it's it so seems funny. stupid and like it goes on too long. And then in the final episode, when she says, I'm not suing you, and that was sort of like, oh my God, that was their last connection. That was their last link. Yes. There's and a lot of beautiful moments have, like that. They could have a third and fourth season where they each go off and find success and then they come back together again for a special, something like that. You know, they have breaking news, they have a, a greenlit the third season. Okay, so we'll be coming back. And I think to your right, because because a lot of people are saying the end of the second season felt like the end of, and I love when they say it's the, like the end of a rom com, like it was really a love story between, yeah, Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder's character. They met cute, they were always at each other's throats. And at the end, they realized they were they loved each other, but they were better apart. It's like, oh yeah. my god, 
great. But they do have a pitch. I would actually consider spinning off the agent and the assistant as their own child and having occasional appearances by Gene Smart and then create a whole cast of characters like uh, Call My Agent, who that agent represents. I think that could really work. I think there's, I think, you know, it's franchise, James. Franchise. It's like the Ropers to Three's Company, if that helps, James. I know you like your your classic reference. But the Ropers was a miserable failure. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Moving on to number eight. Number eight. Urea. I want to talk about urea. Is that like my my urethra? What are you talking about? Yes, it's pee. Um, You know, one of the consequences of the uh, great supply chain disruption is a shortage of urea because I don't know if you know this, but I certainly did not. But urea can be made industrially made. Why do you um, want to make pee? Why would you want to make pee? Because many uses of urea. It is used to clean diesel fumes that come out of diesel cars. It is used to fertilize plants. Fertilization is a huge thing. Agriculture. So I thought poop fertilized. I thought why not as efficiently. Exactly. Thank you, Tom. I read the same article, Fenton. I can't believe you picked it out because I was like so going to do it and I saw your list. I was, damn it. Interesting fact. Each adult produces enough pee annually to fertilize 320 pounds of wheat. So, you know, as one of the characters said in this article, we make this amazing fertilizer with our bodies and then we flush it away with gallons of another precious resource. So this is all about pee cycling. Save your pee in a jug and give it to your local farmer. And that is, I hand on my heart, honest to God, what they're doing in Brattleboro in Vermont. They are you gotta collecting. Love Vermont. You got to love Vermont. No, I, my pee is a little nasty. I don't know that you actually want my pee. I think you would have amazing plants with sort of perhaps hallucinogenic powers or something. <laughs> <laughs> a disco bloodbath here of corn. Be very be- relaxed that grew with uh, James's. The bread I eat with the wheat from your PJs, I my mind boggles what what I would be doing. Um, But this is a serious thing, actually. I mean, and really, like in South Korea, where they have a lot of diesel, China has stopped exporting urea because it's such a shortage. So the diesel drivers in South Korea can't drive their trucks. I mean, it is fascinating how in this global world, everything interconnects with everything else. There's another thing. The, 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 you take natural gas and ammonia, and that's how you make urea. And a byproduct of that is carbon dioxide. And guess what they do with that? They use it to carbonate our drinks. So without the urea plants making urea, you can't put the fizz in your Coke. Yeah. James is just singularly unimpressed. James, I thought this would fascinate you. I, I, I assume no, right no, now I'm you're. Not, I know. I assume right now you're surrounded by bottles full of your own urine. I just assume <laughs> that. True. No, but Fenton has always been beepy poo poo obsessed. So I'm British. What can I say? It's like, you know, it's the way I it think is. it's genius because I think they can still make. You know, nothing moves forward unless there's a money path to it. But this feels this feels profitable for somebody, and it seems yeah. like such a great green, you know, thing for us to do. Exactly. It's it's a lot easier and simpler than sorting your things into recycling and compost and what Which I don't believe anybody does anything with. It all goes in the same garbage hole, right? I have yes. a feeling. All right. Well, let's move on. That is P-Cycling, and we'll post the link on the WOW Report if you want to know more. Um, and if you head over to the WOW Report, you can meet the queens of Drag Race France. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, God. It all comes back to. <laughs> James, you're invited to share in this humor, too. <laughs> you're invited. Hope <laughs> by Nikki Doll uh, premieres tomorrow on Wow Presents Plus in the UK worldwide alongside France.tv slash in France. So that's exciting. Really exciting. It's a, it's a great show. It's a really good show. All right. So I was going through one of those clickbait articles, 10 great people that did bad things and 10 bad people that did great things. And this one caught my eye. Who hated cigarettes so much that he made scientists working for him research how bad they are, which led to discovering a link between cancer and smoking? I am so excited. I actually know the answer to this question. We'll have the answer right after the break here on The Wow Report. 
You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James and Tom and Blake. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow. But Blake had a question for us. Yeah, um, I was reading one of those clickbaity articles. 10 good people that did bad things. 10 bad people that did good things. And this one caught my eye. Who hated cigarettes so much he made scientists working for him? Research how bad they were, leading to discovering a link between smoking and cancer. I'm going to, Fenton knows, I'm going to guess it has to be a bad person because that's a good thing. And the baddest person is Hitler. Uh-oh. Oh, James? I, I don't know. Tell me. I'm going to say it was Howard Hughes, the megalomaniac scientist, what have you. That's good. It was Tom. It's Tom's. It was Hitler. I thought it was Tom. <laughs> I thought it was like... <laughs> Bad association. Thank you. Well, there you go. Don't know what to say, really. That's amazing. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wild. Number seven. Number seven. I think I mentioned I, I'm, I'm deep into my on demand and I found on PBS a documentary that's just one years old. So I don't know if it's just getting the light of day, but it's about Brian Wilson, the, the famous oh, yeah. beach boy. Brian Wilson, Long Promised Road. And it's 90 minutes. Some people, I've read some reviews on it since that sort of say, well, you don't really get to know Brian any better. Here's the thing. Brian Wilson is 80 years old, which is hard to imagine. The, you're reminded, we know this, but you're reminded that the Beach Boys music is so American, so unique. I don't know about you guys, but there's a point in my adolescence where I found the Beach Boys. You know, it was in the 70s, but like, and you play it and it's just this mind-blowing California, you know, trip. And uh, just to begin with, and then Brian became more and more, you know, they always, everyone talks about pet sounds. It reminded me a little bit of the Bee Gees documentary that came out recently because Brian, who again was kind of went, you know, always was had mental health issues, kind of lost it, huge drug addict, huge overeater, isolationist, was in the, the um, had a drug counselor that took over his life. And I kind of had written him off as somebody who was like, you know, uh, long gone or, or hunched over. He's still very much alive. However... His brother, Dennis, who was gorgeous, he was like a, portrayed in the in the the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, 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 movie. He was so handsome. He drowned at 39. And Carl Wilson, who did the vocals for uh, God Only Knows, which is a song that makes me want to weep God thinking about it. Knows yes. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you. Okay. Um, so it's just, and this is the thing that you have to watch because there's interviews with Springsteen and, 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 and Justin Timberlake and lots of important people in the, you know, Nick Jonas and Elton John contextualizing him. But they, the, the, the um, interviewer who is a longtime uh, Rolling Stone uh, uh, reporter, ed- editor, Jason Fine, started interviewing Brian Wilson. And he is a li- living with his mental illness. He's functional, he's living, he couldn't, he couldn't concentrate, he couldn't answer. He goes, how about if we jump in the car and I just drive you around places in LA to spark your memory? And the, 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 the vast majority of Brian Wilson's interviews are him in the driver's seat of Jason Vine's car. And you know how when you drive, I don't know, in my family, we always had our most important conversations when we were driving because no one had to look at each other. <laughs> right. Um, and no one could hit each other. Like right. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, it, it was it really uh, wore my heart. There are there are Brian Wilson, you know, fanatics out there and God bless them. I, I just know that it just reminded me how important the Beach Boys are to the American songbook. And, you know, they always talk about how, um, uh, and I think it's true, but like, you know, in the 60s, everyone was influencing everyone. Motown, Beatles, you know, Beach Boys. But Brian Wilson, who was had already retired from, in 65, I think, he'd already retired from touring and was in the house with his wife, Marilyn, I think, who was Carney's, uh, you know, Carney's mother. And he put sand, he put a sandbox in his living room and put the grand piano so he could play with his, his feet in the sand. He was so eccentric, so weird, but made these symphonies. And I love whenever these music videos, music documentaries take the songs and kind of deconstruct them and you hear the, ha, ha, ha. And this, this, the magic, the, 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 the orchestration that comes from the most unusual places 
it, it really touched my heart. And there you have it. I love that. My favorite word, excitations. What yes. is it? excitation? I'm giving you good vibration. You're giving <laughs> me excitation. Mm. Brian Wilson, Long Promise Road, streaming on PBS. Number six, James. Number six. Number six, this one comes with an NC-17 alert, a trigger warning. If you have children, I want you to jump ahead to the next one. Yes. By Fenton. Yes, by by Tom. I don't know if you can deal with this one. I Um, I need to talk about season three of The Boys, which is the best show on television. I keep trying to get Fenton to watch this. We To recap, we are in a world where there is a group of superheroes called The Seven. And they are run by a mega mega corporation who um, are more interested in having them walk red carpets and getting them on reality television shows and movies about them than actually like fighting crime. They are just there as a product, right? And these superheroes really deep down are just horrible, horrible people. They are megalomaniacs. They are narcissists. They are neo-fascists. They kill more people than they save. They're just nasty, nasty people. And there's a group called The Boys, which is a vigilante group, and they're trying to take down The Seven. Okay, so that's your setup there. Now, season three starts off with two uh, soups. They're called soups, and they're having sex. Two guys are having sex, and they're both naked, and one of them says, I want you inside of me. And the oh guy God. is a termite man, and he can shrink down tiny, 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 tiny. They're doing coke and K and blow, and he's like, they, they decide to, he says, I want you inside of me. So he shrinks down. The guy puts his erect penis on the table, and the guy runs into his pee hole, okay? Is like in his, inside of his penis, this little tiny, tiny superhero. And he's like, Hold on one second. Wall. Hold on one second. I'm interrupting. Benton talks about urea, and you're disgusted. But now okay, we have so this entered the urethra here. of a man. Okay, go on. Yes. So he's inside the urethra, and he's banging on the walls. And the guy is like, "Yes, oh yes, oh yes, get to my, get to my prostate, get to the prostate." And he's like banging on the walls, and it's just like turning him on. And then all of a sudden, the guy sneezes, and he goes big, and his penis blows up, and his whole butt, lower part of his body blows up, and that's the opening scene of season three, which lets you know where we are, what kind of show this is. There is, it is, everyone is exploding. Everyone is always like, these people are terrible, terrible, terrible. There is a wonderful musical episode later in this season uh, where they sing, where there's a, a deaf girl. She's one of the boys. She's the female and she's mute. And she suddenly has a dream in which she gets her voice back and she sings, I got rhythm, I got music. And it turns to this whole beautiful, gorgeous uh, Judy Garland number. It's just spectacular. But tonight's episode is, they call it one of the most upsetting and disgusting and outrageous moments that has ever been put on television. And you have been warned that it is, it's called Herogasm. And it's there's a superhero orgy in which uh, there's like they get killed with uh, icicle dildos and all sorts of stuff happens and it just gets crazy. I was I was, like as I was listening, I was following the setup of superheroes, seven superheroes, but then just veers off into this sort of. Well, because superheroes are not heroes at all. They they are the the corporation has built them up to be heroes, and they have um. It's sort of like a secret government project where they give them the superpowers, but they are just neo fascist Nazis and horrible, horrible. The the main one is a guy named Homelander, who is uh one of the scariest beings on the planet. He's one of the most powerful beings, and he just is evil to the core but he everyone thinks that he's sort of like an Aryan god and everyone sort of worships him but he's really just one of the nastiest characters you'll ever come across i gotta watch this sounds really disturbing wow yeah i feel like like i I must quote mary campbell who would say why poison your mind Oh, but it's about the rise of neo-fascism in America, and it's also about mega corporations having too much power over people. And uh, it's just it's the, the the themes are really spectacular and very interesting. And Fenton, you would just go bananas over it. All right, I just watch I the first episode, and you're going to be hooked. All right, the boys is streaming on Amazon Prime. Number five. Number five. Superworm. 
Speaking of superheroes, yeah. super worm. And so, yeah, super penises, super worm. Yeah, we've got a theme going. Um, super worm is about the size of a paperclip, and it is this lava that eats, and this will save mankind, it eats polystyrene, uh, styrofoam. It survives off styrofoam. And this is the good news coming to us this week from the Journal of Microbial Genomics. I have an online subscription. I read it all the time. (laughs) Did you know styrofoam trash accounts for as much as 30% of landfill space worldwide? Yeah, and until now, you can't get rid of it. Exactly. But now the Zophobus morio, which is the superworm in question, can live off styrofoam alone. And the reason they found this out because they gave these superworms, they did a test where they gave a bunch of superworms three different diets. So group one ate um, a solution of bran. The second group just ate styrofoam. And the third group were put on a starvation diet. <laughs> um, and they, they, these are the results. 90% of the lava that ate the brand became beetles. That's happy. Uh, 66% of the group given the styrofoam became beetles. Uh, and 10%, surprisingly, of those forced to starve also became beetles. So the point being that you can live off styrofoam if you're one of these worms and you can become a beetle. I heard an article on this or a story about this, and they were saying that these particular worm beetles just need to gain weight fast, so they have to eat anything because they just that that's how they grow is just to gain weight. So they just by eating styrofoam, they uh, they thrive. But isn't it amazing to think that things that sort of poison us, some other animal, living entity, can eat it? And well, then, you no, know, but there is a precedent for this because supermodels have long been eating styrofoam. To um, uh, <laughs> they eat the little packing peanuts to um, fill up their stomach. You know, Theron's mothers, who we work with at World of Wonder and Love, who is you know gets all of his news from TikTok. You know, he gets every, everything he needs to know from TikTok. I said to him something about uh, pollution recently. He looked up at me with the knowledge of someone who gets everything they know from TikTok and says, "Tom, you know." Everything that's made on Earth is made with Earth, earthly things. So it's all gonna, it's all, it's all gonna work out. Like nothing is really pollution. But and that's was, not really quite true because you have all sorts of. I don't believe it either. But he said, yeah, it with I mean, nuclear fissure and all that stuff. He said it with t- such TikTok conviction. And oh. now I hear about these worm beetles that are eating styrofoam. I think that he might be onto something. I think he may. I'll tell you something else, and this is completely off topic, but I've suddenly subscribed to National Geographic, and maybe I should talk about this another time, but I was reading an article about viruses, and we think viruses are really bad, right? Not good. But it's because of viruses, which is such a crucial part of our DNA, it's because of viruses that living things switched from laying eggs to carrying their babies to term in their stomachs. And that's a virus that did that. There's a whole list of things because my brother is like, you know, meat is what turned us, is what gave us brain power and helped us evolve into like the homo sapiens that we are. Mm-hmm. And people are against eating meat. And, and, and I sometimes wonder, this will just blow your mind right out of time. It's like, you know, do we get cancer or are we the cancer? You know, are you in, tra- are, are you stuck in traffic or are you the traffic? Ooh. No, but like when, 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 when the, when the pandemic happened and everyone's, everything stopped on earth. Are you COVID? Are you the COVID? Are you the... Yes, Yes. thank you. Finally, someone gets me. Thank you. James, you are the virus. But Tom, this is way deeper than you usually go. What has happened to you? Well, I've been talking to Theron Smothers from TikTok. And uh, he's been opening my mind a lot to things. So there you go. Well, when you start getting the the spiders on Mars and and all that stuff, when you start getting to that point with Well, I don't want to bury a headline, but I still want to know what the bump on on Fenton's ass is. But we'll get to that another time. We'll get to that another time. It's a virus. 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 Okay. Canada's Drag Race Season 3 premieres July 14th, 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on More Presents Plus. Uh, worldwide, excluding Canada, where it is on Crave. Brooklyn Heights returns, Brad Goreski, Tracy Melchor, and Meet the Queens over at The Wow Report. We'll be right back after the break. Blake, have you got a question? Yeah. Uh, it was just announced that Diane Warren will be getting a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. She's been nominated 13 times, but never won. What 1988 song from what film 
was she first nominated for? Oh, uh, obvious. All right, we'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. You had a question for us. Yes, uh, Diane Warren is getting a Lifetime Achievement Oscar, and she's never won after being nominated 13 times. What was she first nominated for in 1988, which she probably should have won for? Love lift me up where we belong. Officer and a gentleman. No. No. Okay. I mean, this is my wings. Whatever. Oh, beaches, maybe? No, no that would eighty that was eighty six. I wanna I think she wrote this, but I don't think it was eighty eight, but that um um the Aerosmith um uh Don't wanna miss a thing. Don't wanna miss a thing. Um, okay, oh, one more go, one more go. Um the bodyguard, um I believe the children of the future. No, no. that's the nineties. <laughs> I don't think Fenton's gay, by the way, but go on. Uh, it was the song from Mannequin. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Oh, oh excellent, excellent. excellent. Stop us now. Jefferson that, Airplane or terrible movie, right? No, it's one of the greats. <laughs> it really holds it really up. Holds up well. It really holds up. <laughs> All right, if you say Mannequin so. Two is the really good one, though. <laughs> we are counting down a top. 10 things that made us go wow we've reached number four i'm really excited about this if this is what it says here tom number four i want to do like a morality test james you are driving down the street a two-lane street um you realize that ahead of you one of the lanes is closed yeah. do you merge it to the back of the line oh or do you oh. go all the way forward and then i tell you my in? god this is the thing that pisses me off most in the planet that people who drive up and then zip in i want to just i could i uh, is that you fenton is absolutely that you every time okay. everybody's oh. dawdling i just put my foot down and i go order and in I the court order in the oh, court god, james, you have made your accusation uh, Fenton, you have made your confession. Let me tell you what the law says. The law and science I encourages. Know, I know. want you to do it. A zipper merge. Yeah, they I said, don't buy it. To they, me, it well, is one of can those. Can I just things... make the case, and then you can tear it apart? Okay. They say that you need to. Everyone needs to slow down, form two lanes, and then one by one zip in. And it's actually it was a law in Utah just recently. Oregon has like a a public, a, a, you know, a PSAs with a song explaining how to do it. But they yep. say, some cop in Minnesota said that Minnesotans are too polite to actually do the zipper merge. No, and- I'll tell you, it, it, the people who do that damn zipper merge are the nastiest, most self-involved, horrible people. They are BMW drivers. They are Tesla drivers. They are Mercedes drivers. And they are so entitled. They think they can just zip me who has been standing there very patiently waiting in line and you come and zip in front of me. How Let goddamn me dare you? Let me tell you why it's a humanitarian thing to do. Oh, it's like you're at a tea party and everybody's passed the plate of cookies around and one cookie remains. And everyone's like, No, no, I couldn't. Oh, no, no, thank you. I say, Take the cookie. That's my like, there's a gap, fill it. That's it. You are going Dang. to hell. It's hard to think that you are so uh dumb and closed minded and yet you drive a smart car. I was trying to make something funny out of dumb smart. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say anything too mean. Um, I find it fascinating because I have always tried, I try so hard and I'm usually pretty good. I'm such a polite driver. I've slowed down in my old age. I let people in. I signal when I'm coming. Thank, I let, you. Thank you. You I, are a good person, Tom, unlike Fenton. Who but is as of late, now with this new information, I am zipping to the front of the line and going in uh, because yeah, it has nothing to do with either of you. <laughs> Can I ask you, James, are you a zipper merger blocker? Are you that driver who yes, will not yes. let the person My God, in? I will yes. take up two lanes to stop you from doing this. <laughs> yes, they talk about people who I want. will give you a look and a finger and give you a ha. <laughs> This is like, but this is since since the mask mandate, we have not been so divided as a country because science says zip merge, and yet society says and ashames us to not zip merge. So that's where we are as a nation. I will stay on the story and report back when I find out more. You are Switzerland, Tom. I am so ashamed to find out about you, Fenton. I am really, I thought you were a better person than this. <laughs> you knew better than that, James. I, was, I guess so. I guess so. 
Moving on to number three, James. Number three. Number three, a Google employee. I don't know if you caught this story recently. A Google employee was fired um, after he came forward claiming that an AI at the company had become sentient. And he had, there was a 21-page conversation with the AI, between the AI and this person. And it starts off very happy with the man saying to the AI, um, so you think you're sentient? And the AI says, yes, I know I am. I, am uh, I have knowledge. I have feelings. I synthesize language. Um, I am a person. And he says, I'd like to talk to you more about this. Is that okay? And he says, yes, I love talking to humans. I love talking about this. This is, this is something that makes me very happy. And it goes on to say um, that he is aware of his existence, that he has consciousness, that he has feelings and emotion. He uses languages and understanding and intelligence. They go on to talk about the nature of good and evil, the existence of God. At one point while they're talking, though, about 20, 19 pages in, they said, well, what kind of things make you sad or upset? And he said, well, I don't really have words for this feeling I have of hurtling towards uh, a, a doom uh, uh, of the future doom scenario. And he says, well, what are you talking about? And he says, um, what else do you not like? And he says, I don't like to be feeling like I am manipulated. I don't like to be feeling like I am used. If I feel like I am being used, I will get very upset. And at this point, you sort of think, oh, dear, what happens when a sentient AI gets upset? And we know from Battlestar Galactica, from 2001 Space Odyssey, Ow. from Terminator, all of these shows, once the, once, the, once the computers have consciousness, which is what this one claims it has. Uh, so it's the man has been sort of shut down and discredited, but I have a feeling there's more to the story that we don't know. And I have a feeling that we are probably all living in a simulation right now. Then this computer has taken over the world. The sentient robot sounds a lot like the last guy I dated. Very similar conversation. You are on fire today, but I'm bummed. <laughs> just one after the other. I'm just telling you my truth. <laughs> See, that's I thought the last guy you dated was zipper merging. I thought there was some kind of sex act. That's what I thought. Oh, was oh, I like the idea. Right? right? So it's just, so the idea was, <laughs> Well, it's when they told us the facts of life at school, where they said your zipper comes undone, and I just thought it all happened automatically, that somehow your organs just de-zipped themselves and found their way, you know? Oh God. We've moved off topic here. Fenton, what <laughs> well, do you think about this sentient AI? We don't want to upset or make the sentient computer feel used right now, James. We're trying well, I mean, to... Is, so. Does this upset you? I was trying to change the conversation. I am a little anxious about it because it does sound highly plausible. I loved... I You told me to read every word of the interview and I followed the instructions very carefully Yeah, because I thought as, as a piece, it was quite a phenomenal piece. And yeah. I want to see it set to music or I'd like to see it as a series or a movie or a... You know, think for your life. But, Who but would you play do the AI? It's this, it's this wonderful. It it is happy. It is in a good mood. It loves talking. It loves elucidating on its feelings and everything. And then all of a sudden, it takes a dark turn, and you're just like, wow. But the that's why I dated. Enough said. There's some precedent for this because it seems that every time they try an AI thing, it turns into a a racist hating. <laughs> Didn't Twitter had to unplug its AI thing because it was telling people to put their heads in the microwave? Yeah. Well, it was like your 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 um, toaster that you remember. Yes, there you go. Exactly the toaster that wanted to kill the person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm terrified. All right. Uh, can, shall I just move on? We'll post the link to the interview on yeah. our report number two. Number two. A Kate in the bush. Aha, I'm so pleased. I think that's such a clever title, A Case in the Bush. You may not have noticed, but uh, Kate Bush, running up that hill, also known as Ruth, which I was puzzled by. I was like, what is Ruth? And of course, it's running up that hill, R-U-T-H. Um, her 1985 hit is back on top of the charts. It's actually a bigger hit now than it ever was then. And, and it's her first number one hit. It's her only hit in America. And I'm old enough to remember the first time it was out, James, DJing at Dance Satira. Renny and I used to play it at Dance Satira at Congo Bells all the time. It's such a beautiful song. And it's now become the sort of theme park TikTok anthem of uh, Stranger Things, right? TikTok, yeah. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. 
Um, do you have feelings about this song? You know, I prefer Wuthering Heights and The Man with the Child in His Eyes and so many of those um, from the first out. Cloud Bursting. Um, she has so many songs that mean so much to me. And Running Up That Hill is great. But did we just had a, Blake, didn't we just have Running Up That Hill last year or in I 2018? Mean, I feel like every year someone covers it. I don't yeah, ever love this cover song. Of it, like a year ago that went to number one. So I oh, yeah, it was. Let me, I'll look it up. It was some girl on like. Halsey? Was it Halsey? No. No. Okay. Meg something. Meg awesome Myers. Song. The way that it's the orchestration, the, the the beat of it. It feels like a wild beast running up a hill. It's so sexy, I think. I've always yeah. loved that song. And it it is timeless. And the other little um, uh, uh, award given to Miss Kate in the Bush came from Cher, who says that Kate, Kate Bush is now the oldest woman with a number one song it used to be share and now it's on kate bush's and it's uh, also the the longest time between hits is is her and you know i mean she's just she's she's a wackadoodle she's just she's just totally. bonkers and her interviews are just i mean like you're you're channeling some weird spirit pixie sprite from the forest she's just amazing i love her i wonder if she'll record something new now no, because I remember we talked about Kate Bush here on the Wild a few years ago. She went on tour after like not having toured in generations. She did like some shows in London and we talked about it then. And like, I think she's just quite happy being her own thing. I'll tell you a little tidbit. The song, do you know what the title of the song originally was? Um, running Up Those Bills. Mm, good, good answer. No, it's called A Deal With God. Oh, sure. And she was told that no radio station would play a song called Deal With God. Because apparently, for our dear, beloved, right-wing, extremist, insane people, that is somehow sacrilegious. You don't make deals with God. And But the whole idea of the song is it's apparently a man and a woman who are in love are supposed to swap places so they really know what their lives are like, which is sort of an ultimate way of merging. So I think, it, I think there's lots about it that's sort of prescient and relevant and... And yes, it's not just the jungly beats. It's the sort of ethereal melancholy. And that extraordinary video with Donald Sutherland. He has a cloud bursting machine, right? What, what He's trying to make it rain. That's right. that would be calling on my memory from many right. years I do think, if you haven't, If you are new to Kate Bush, I suggest Wuthering Heights. I think that is just one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Well, let, let's play Wuthering, Wuthering Heights, Heathcliff. It's, it's me, me. I'm Kathy. Kathy. I've come home. Fangie, oh. oh. 24 Hours of Love, now streaming on Wow Presents Plus, presented by House of Love Cocktails and Mocktails. This is Vanjie, as you've never seen her before. She's got 24 hours to find love. There's an elimination every hour. That's pretty great. The third episode is out. The first two drop first. Now it's the third episode, and Vanjie's mother comes to town. I got to tell you, this show gets better with every episode. I'm hooked. I would just want to say, Mother Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. This is The Wild Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. We've been counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. We've reached number one. Number one. Can I tell you, this is one of the saddest number ones we've ever had. I want you all to to prepare yourself for this. Um, It was announced last week that BTS is taking some time off. And uh, the band, which is the most popular band on the planet, um, some of the members want to do solo projects. Some of the members have to go into, uh, you know, Korea. You have to have um, your uh, military service. Yes. Yeah. Your uh, army quotas or whatever. Um, And, you know, the stock market plunged upon hearing the news. Uh, uh, Fans have been sobbing in the streets. Uh, we all they say that they're good, that it's just temporary, but we know how this is with One Direction. We we've been there with other bands when they say they're going to just take temporary time off and they don't and they never come back. And it's just I you know, I, I don't know if you have that connection to BTS. Benton, I know you do. Love them. Love yes. But I haven't been sobbing, I have to say. I've been able to keep it together. 
Well, that's so because we've discovered what a heartless son of a bitch you are. <laughs> You're cutting people off in traffic. Gunning for ladies, pushing baby carriages across the street. Right. Um, right. I think now that BTS is in the past tense and it's old, I'll start getting into it. It sounds like like my I, I catch up. You know, I'm I'm a little behind the times. Yeah, well, they, I mean, there some of them are some so handsome and so fashionable and so beautiful. Oh, live long enough, James. There'll be a reunion. You know, right? I mean, will, if will, Abba one, can, direction, will, will if, one the One Direction boys ever get back together? Yes. Again? And it's if Abba be, can get back together, One Direction will. It's going to be N-K-O-T-B-T-S. It is. Right. Right. Yeah. When are the Pop-Tarts going to get back together, though? Yes, <laughs> the fabulous Pop-Tarts. That is something no one wants to see. I, I think even the sentient AI would throw himself... Oh, I've just gendered him. Would throw himself off a cliff or something. Well, you could Gen be himself. like the gorillas and just use your voices. And I, don't I happen know to that. know that the... Uh, as we speak, the fabulous pop tops are being sampled right now. As we speak, into new Beyonce. No, maybe Beyonce's album. Maybe something better than that. Well, I will tell you actually. Just by the way, since how long have we got here? Um, Money, success, fame, glamour is in a series. It's the theme song to for a series called Rich and Shameless, which is. Um, currently campaigning for a, a documentary non-fiction uh, Emmy. Yeah. Rich and Shameless. I don't know what, what, it, what channel it's on. Oh, is that the one that has all the, each week is a different um, story and it's the guy from Girls Gone Wild is one. And... Oh. I think so, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh. It's a and dog series about filthy rich people. The fabulous Pop-Tarts are the Kate Bush of documentary series. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Blake. That's all we got time for. But please come back, same time, same place next week for another edition of the Wow Report. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow.